Chapter Twenty One of the Night Horseman. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Night Horseman by Max Brand. Chapter Twenty One. Max Strand decides to keep the law. It was hours later that night when Haw Haw Langley and Max Strand sat their horses on the hill to the south. Before them, on the nearest rise of ground, a clump of tall trees and the sharp triangle of a roof split the sky, while down towards the right spread a wide huddle of sheds and barns. "'That's where the trail ends,' said Max Strand, and started his horse down the slope. Haw Haw Langley urged his little mount hurriedly alongside the squat bulk of his companion. He looked like the skeleton reality, and Max Strand the blunt, deformed shadow. "'He ain't going in the house looking for him, Mac,' he asked. And he lowered his voice to a sharp whisper, in spite of the distance. "'Maybe there's a pile of men in that house. It's got room for a whole army. You ain't going in there by yourself, Mac.' "'Ho, ho,' explained the big man quietly. "'I ain't going after Barry. I'm going to make him come after me.' Haw Haw considered this explanation for a dazed moment. It was far too mysterious for his comprehension. "'What you going to do?' he asked again. "'Would you know that black hoss again if you seen him?' asked Mac Strand. "'In a thousand. That hoss has had a long ride, and Barry has put him in one of them barns. There ain't no doubt. Most like the dog is with the hoss.' "'It looks considerable like a wolf,' muttered Langley. "'I wouldn't choose meeting up with that dog in the dark.' "'Besides, what good is it going to do you to find the dog?' "'If you hurt a man's dog,' explained Max Strand calmly, "'you're hurting a man, ain't you? "'I'm going to hurt this man's dog.' "'Afterwards, the dog will bring the man to me. "'There ain't no doubt of that. "'I ain't going to kill the dog. "'I'm just going to nick him so he'll get well "'and then hit my trail.' "'What sense is they in that?' "'If Barry comes to me, Ain't he the one that's breaking the law? If I kill him, then, won't it be in self-defense? I ain't no lawbreaker, haw-haw. It ain't any good being a lawbreaker. Them lawyers can talk a man right into a grave. They is worse nor poison. I'd rather be caught in a bear trap a hundred miles from my shack than have a lawyer fastened onto my leg right in the middle of Brownsville. No, haw-haw, I ain't going to break any law. But I'm going to fix that wolf so he'll know me. And when he gets well, he'll hit my trail. And when he hits my trail, he'll have Barry with him. And when Barry sees me, then... He raised his arms above him in the dark. Then, breathed Max Strand, Jerry can start sleeping sound for the first time. Ho-Ho Langley wrapped his long arms about himself. And I'll be there to watch. I'll be there to see fair play. Don't you never doubt it, Mac. Why didn't I never go with you before? Why, Jerry never done anything to touch this. But be careful, Mac. Don't make no slip-up tonight. If they's trouble, I ain't a fightin' man, Mac. I ain't no ways built for it. Shut your mouth, said Mac Strand bluntly. I need quiet now. For they were now close to the house. Mac Strand brought his horse to a jog-trot and cast a semicircle skirting the house and bringing him behind the barns. Here he retreated to a little jutting point of land, from behind which the house was invisible, and there dismounted. 
Haw Haw Langley followed example reluctantly. He complained. I ain't never heard of a man leaving his hoss behind him. It ain't right, and it ain't policy. His leader, however, paid no attention to this grumbling. He skirted back behind the barns, walking with a speed which extended even the long legs of Haw Haw Langley. Most of the stock was turned out in the corrals. Now and then a horse stamped, or a bull snorted from the fenced enclosures. But from the barns they heard not a sound. Now Max Strand paused. They had reached the largest of the barns, a long, low structure. "'This here,' said Max Strand, "'is where the hoss must be. They wouldn't run a horse like that with the others. They'd keep him in a big stall by himself. We'll try this one, Haw Haw.' But Haw Haw drew back at the door. The interior was black as the hollow of a throat as soon as Max Strand rolled back the sliding door and Haw Haw imagined evil eyes glaring and twinkling at him along the edges of the darkness. The wolf, he cautioned, grasping the shoulder of his companion. You ain't going to walk onto that wolf, Mac. The latter struck down Haw Haw's hand. A wolf makes a noise before it jumps, he whispered. And that warning is all the light I need. Now their eyes grew somewhat accustomed to the dark, and Haw Haw could make out vaguely the posts of the stalls to his right. He could not tell whether or not some animal might be lying down between the posts, but Max Strand, pausing at every stall, seemed to satisfy himself at a glance. Right down the length of the barn they passed until they reached a wall at the farther end. "'He ain't here,' sighed Haw Haw with relief. "'Mac, if I was you, I'd wait till they was light before I went hunting that wolf.' "'He ought to be here,' growled Max Strand, and lighted a match." The flame spurted in a blinding flash from the head of the match, and then settled down into a steady yellow glow. By that brief glow, Max Strand looked up and down the wall. The match burned out against the callous tips of his fingers. "'That wall,' mused Strand, "'ain't made out of the same timbers as the side of the barn. "'That wall is whole years newer, ha ha. "'That ain't the end of the barn. "'There's a hollow space beyond it. He lighted another match, and then cursed softly in delight. Look, he commanded. At the farther side of the wall was the glitter of metal, the latch of a door opening in the wooden wall. Max Strand set it ajar, and Haw Haw peered in over the big man's shoulder. He saw first a vague and formless glimmer. Then he made out a black horse lying down in the center of a box stall. The animal plunged at once to its feet and crowding as far as possible away against the wall, turned its head and stared at them with flashing eyes. "'It's him,' whispered Haw Haw. "'It's Barry's Black. There ain't another hoss like him on the range, and that wolf, thank God, ain't with him.' But Max Strand closed the door of the stall, frowning thoughtfully. And thought on the face of Max Strand was a convulsion of pain. He dropped the second match to his feet, where it ignited a wisp of straw that sent up a puff of light. Ah, drawled Max Strand, the wolf ain't here, but we'll soon have him here, and the thing that brings him here will get rid of the black hoss. Are you going to steal the hoss? Steal him? He couldn't carry me two miles, a skinny hoss like that. But if Barry ever gets away again on that hoss, I ain't never going to catch him. That hoss has got to die. Haw Haw Langley caught his breath with a harsh gurgle. 
For men of the mountain desert sometimes fall very low indeed, but in their lowest moments it is easier for him to kill a man than a horse. There is the story, for instance, of the cattleman who saw the bullfight in Juarez, and when the bull gorged the first horse, the cowpuncher rose in the crowd and sent a bullet through the picador to square the deal. So Haw Haw sighed. Mac, he whispered, has it got to be done? Ain't there any other way? I've seen that hoss. When the sun hits him, it sets him on fire. He's that sleek. And his legs is like drawn iron. They're that fine. And he's got a head that's finer than a man's head, Mac. I've seen him close enough, answered Mac Strand grimly. And I followed him for a day and a half, damn near. Suppose Barry finds out I'm on his trail. Suppose he won't follow the wolf when the wolf tries to lead him to me. Suppose he gets on this hoss and cuts away. Can I follow the wind, haw-haw? This horse has got to die. From the manger he threw out several armfuls of hay, wrenched down from behind the manger several light boards, and tossed them on the hay. He lighted a match and was approaching the small flame to the pile of inflammables when haw-haw Langley cried softly, Hark, Mac. The big man instantly extinguished the match. For a moment they could distinguish nothing but then they heard the sharp, high chorus of the wild geese flying north. Haw Haw Langley snickered apologetically. That was what I heard a minute ago, he said, and it sounded like voices coming. A snarl of contempt from Mac Stran. Then he scratched another match, and at once the flame licked up the side of the hay and cast a long arm up the wooden wall. Out of this quick, commanded Mac Stran, and they started hastily down the barn towards the door. The fire behind them, after the puff of flame from the hay, had died away to a ghastly and irregular glow with the crackle of the slowly catching wood. It gave small light to guide them, only enough, indeed, to deceive the eye. The posts of the stalls grew into vast, shadowy images. The irregularities of the floor became high places and pits alternately. But when they were halfway to the door, Haw Haw Langley saw a form too grim to be a shadow, blocking their path. It was merely a blacker shape among the shades, but Haw Haw was aware of the two shining eyes and stopped short in his tracks. The wolf, he whispered to Mac Strand. Mac, what are we going to do? The other had not time to answer, for the shadow at the door of the barn now leaped towards them silently without growl or yelp or snarl. As if to guide the battle, the kindling wood behind them now ignited and sent up a yellow burst of light. By it, Haw Haw Langley saw the great beast clearly, and he leaped back behind the sheltering form of Mac Strand. As for Mac, he did not move or flinch from the attack. His revolver was in his hand, leveled, and following the swift course of Black Bart. End of chapter 21